Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you yeah. say. I like that. I like that one hey, too. That was mine. I think that was mine. Hi, 50 Ishes. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and. Don't give a 50 like us. So, Trish, it looks like all our moaning about having no reviews has actually paid off because we got a ripper from one of our 50 they say, tribes. The squeaky wheel gets the most oil. <gasps> I've never heard that well, before. Anyway, I, I like it. It's true. I like it. Okay, so one of our 50-ish tribe, Mrs. Sonny P, wrote in and said, Love these girls. As a fellow 50-isher, I can totally relate to all the chaos and challenges of all the things being over 50 brings. And don't we know about that? Sure do. <laughs> we just had a few with our guest, yeah. <laughs> didn't we? Anyway, yeah, we'll get on to Technical that. challenges. <laughs> anyway, Mondays bring me so much joy along with my size girls, social coffee and the Don't Give a 50 podcast, which sets me up for a fabulous week. Aww. Love the banter, the laughter and the info, the education and the pure delight, this dynamic duo bring. That's bloody lovely. I know. Thanks, Mel and Trish. You shine a light on a much-needed conversation. Love your work, girls. Cheers and champers to many more to come. Okay. Okay. All right. If I must. (laughs) If I must. (laughs) We never say no. No, we don't. (laughs) Things like that. Okay, Trish, last week we talked with our Don't Give a 50 GP in residence, Dr. Karen Bainon, about sex during menopause. Yes, we did. And this week we had quite a few laughs and it was a a really, really great uh, chat with her. But this week we're staying 
staying in the menopause area, but we've decided to change direction a bit. So we're talking to Tanya Dalton, a Melbourne-based health coach and personal trainer. She is passionate about empowering postmenopausal women to thrive without dieting or extremes through intelligent lifestyle solutions. So this line, thrive without dieting or extremes through intelligent lifestyle solutions. We're going to unpack that statement with Tanya because I, for one, am fully on board and want to learn more. So two years ago, I was not thriving. Um, In fact, I would argue I was in decline. And while some of it was circumstantial, a lot wasn't. Yeah, Mel, it's funny you say that because I actually feel like I've been struggling quite a bit Mm -hmm. lately. Mm -hmm. A lot of melancholy emotions, erratic energy, a lot of weight gain. It just, you know, I've always struggled with yo-yo weight, but at the moment it just seems like it's piling on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had so many great guests and gained Mm -hmm. so much enlightenment on what's happening to our bodies and Yet often I feel like I'm flailing in so many areas and I'm sure I'm not alone. No. I'd really love to feel like I'm thriving and I'm actually identifying that I need to make some changes because what got me to feel like I was thriving a while ago is not working now. Yeah, okay. And it's kind of, I think it creeps up, like you're going, you're going, you're going and you think, oh, I just, I must be just feeling a bit flat or I'll, I'll be right when I just get through this, but I think yeah. it just compounds and snowballs yeah. and then all of a sudden you're going, gee, I, d- I don't have energy. Mm. You know, maybe it is time to go and see the GP again. Maybe it yep. is time for yep. oestrogen cream or You are very, whatnot. very busy, Trish. Yeah, but we all are. <clears throat> yeah, you I know? know. I know. Yeah. Mm. So, but yeah, and and that's the thing. And, you know, you kind of, you just, for me, my goal is to live a healthy life and a long life, but I just, I don't want to live a long life without being healthy. Yeah, 100%. You know, I want to play, yeah. I want to adventure, I want to, you know, mm. be the grandma who runs around with the grandkids going crazy. You know, I want to go on the, be the person on the slopes in their 80s and 90s still skiing, you know, that that's what I want. But 90s. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, damn straight, darling. That's ambitious. I feel good like on you, darling. Like we're yeah. at such a transient time that that's slipping through my fingers. Yeah, so yeah. I am certain that mm. today's guest is going to have some great knowledge and some inspiration. Yeah, I am too. Um, I am yeah. too. And here she is sitting looking at us she very looked, patiently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to say hello. <laughs> hello and welcome to Don't Give a 50. Awesome, Tanya Dalton. It's great to have you here, albeit virtually. And albeit after a little bit of technical kerfuffle. Like, but probably <laughs> there is a hour, way. Half an hour, but who's counting? There is a way and we will find it and we have. We're adaptable. We're adaptable. We might be technically challenged, but we're adaptable. Yeah. Damn <laughs> we Thank are. you. Thank you, Tanya. We are. I love your show so much. It's like, I just love how, it's just like, I feel like I'm, I, when I listen to your podcast, I'm just in, in a group of friends and chit-chatting and yeah. It's, yeah, it's really good. That's nice. so Thank nice because that's exactly what it's meant to be about. Yeah, that you was know, the aim. We're not highbrow. We're not uh, experts. Well, we're actually, not we can be highbrow at times. <laughs> Every now and <laughs> but then. But, yeah, you know, it's just like when you get together with the warts and all friends that know you, you can just be yourself. You know, you don't have to have yeah. any ears and graces mm. and I think that's, yeah. that's us. That's a general tone. And, I think you are experts, though. Like by the time we get to our age, you know, we ha- we discount ourselves, but we've had a lot of oh, yes. knowledge and wisdom and living. Yeah, we are. true. We kind of. I'm trying to start owning that now, actually. Yeah, as part actually, of my um, aging process. Yeah. And even like as a personal trainer, I, I kind of say, look at those those kids, what they're doing. And then I think, hang on, I've been strength training for forty years. They weren't even 
thought of. Yeah. Their parents maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like kids when, when, when I've started. Like I know stuff and you have to really, we have to kind of remember that rather than us being less useful as we age I think we've just we've got this like great wisdom that we should be just sharing yeah with the world it, it's and, true and that is actually yeah. that's actually a sentiment that has reappeared numerous times in our chats with other no, 50-ish it's such women. a good point mm. and it's that whole thing that we do that degradation that is that the right word oh, I'm not really sure actually. well we I'm, kind of put ourselves down or we try and belittle our knowledge or whatnot oh, yeah. because we don't want to go yeah I'm an expert mm. because then people go well actually no you're not self-deprecating where yeah. you yeah you actually try and yeah. reduce your own like abilities and yeah. skill set and knowledge and whatever but you Is shouldn't you really humble? should own it yeah well no it's not I don't think it's being humble yeah, okay. I think it's self-deprecating right. well welcome so, to Don't Give a 50 and we're two experts so they're expert guests <laughs> poor, on life in your midlife poor Tanya so we've been on for nine nine and a half minutes well she's she listens to us so she's not surprised <laughs> yeah exactly let's get into it Tanya, tell us a bit about you, your backstory, the how and the why, becoming a personal trainer and health coach. Was this what you always wanted to be? Yeah, do you know what? I have always been interested in health since I was really young. However, there were times in my life where I have not been healthy. I kind of suffered a bit of an eating disorder as a teenager, like many people did, and disordered eating probably throughout my 20s. But I've always had an interest in health. And the impetus, I suppose, for becoming a personal trainer was actually my dad dying of a sudden heart attack when he was only 47 so I was in my early 20s yeah and that really I don't know it just created something in me there I wanted to help people and the year after that I trained as a trainer and I've kind of been obsessed with healthy aging ever since and now here I am 53 and I'm kind of living that kind of trying to live that healthy aging thing rather than chasing people around the gym when I was 25 telling them what to do. I'm actually feel like I've got a bit of credibility now and going back to what you're talking about about us being experts. Like, you know, we do. We we kind of like we know stuff now. We've got to actually be able to share that with the world. Yep. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a very strong impetus like to have that happen to you in your early 20s, you know, with your dad. And it's it's amazing, isn't it? Those defining life-changing moments. We talk about it here, you know, yeah, with with our other guests. In a second. Yeah, and boom, there you go. It sets you on this path and it's been yeah. like a, a long path. I, I kind of did that part-time. I also worked in an office because growing up at that time, I was brought up to think that we had to have a proper job. Yes, yes. we all did. We all did. It's still happening, Tanya. It's still happening. Remember, we that's it. why I'm not a rock star. That's yes. <laughs> why I'm not so a movie I, star. I, yeah. It's not a real job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, my, 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 yeah, I wasn't really, I was brought up in a tiny little country town, so mm. uh, my goals in life were to a secretary and have kids. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very well thought through and, <laughs> and very practical. Yeah. But, you know, that's the whole patriarchy. You look back generations, yeah. all of yeah. the job was just to marry well. Yeah. Be a lovely lady yeah. and marry yeah. well. Tanya, yeah. look where yeah. you are now. Yes. That's what I and love. It took me to, I don't know, I was like, you know, my kind of mid to late 30s having kids, so, like, I was, like, way, way out of all of that. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. Mel and I were both late. We're, we're the same as we're, well, mid we, to late 30s having yeah. no kids. So, yeah, no, we did not yeah. adhere to that model at no. all, did we? <laughs> Happily. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I was kind of, I felt, I felt like I was trying to fight it all the time. Mm. Like, I, on this one side I had this interest, really big interest in health and wellness, and then on the other side I had my little practical job yeah um yeah so I, I find it really I, I found that all really hard anyway having kids was kind of good I started doing training as my kind of job then and then I've just more recently trained as a health coach which I just love because 
health coaching is uh, it's what I think it's what I've always wanted to do so when people would come to me and go just tell me what to eat and tell me what to do and I go I don't know you know if I tell you what to do you're probably not going to do it whereas health coaching is all about empowering people to make their own decisions and we're just here to help kind of guide people in the right direction so Mm, it's so true and with Mm. your personal training it's just really the full circle isn't it because you know if you're doing the personal training but you don't have the health side of it right it doesn't work and if you do the health stuff but you don't have the training right it doesn't work so it makes perfect sense yeah yeah, it's a lovely combination I really like it Tanya I was incredibly impressed and intrigued (laughs) when I was doing some research to learn that you did your first Ironman or should I say Iron Woman long distance triathlon (laughs) at 52 yeah wouldn't be unusual for someone their 50s to think that that was not doable mm, or for them, them or an event of that magnitude just be made too much of a stretch. Yeah. I mean, I, for one, couldn't imagine Me too. doing it. I've no. done a couple I of... I can't imagine doing it now either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how did I do that? Yeah, like, it's amazing. Mm. So what led you to that point? Oh, well, that kind of still goes back again to my dad. It just all kind of... It's weird. It just all comes back to my dad. He's just obviously maybe there... I don't know, looking down on me, like guiding me along. But when I, just before I reached my 47th birthday, which was the same age was I was when my dad died, I'd always wanted to run a marathon and I'd never, ever thought I could. Like I just, I'm not really, you know, I'm, I might be a personal trainer, but being a person, you know, you can be both a personal trainer and not be that athletically talented yourself. And I'd always wanted yeah. to do a marathon, but I didn't think yes. it was, I was capable. I, I kind of had trained a few times for one and then always got injured or overdone things or just hadn't been intelligent with my training and always thought that I had to be really good to do a marathon. Like you had to be, uh, you know, you had to be fast and I'm, I'm not fast, I'm a plotter. So I got to that age and I thought, you know what, it kind of made me face my own mortality so much more than even though I kind of understood that my dad was young when he died, it wasn't until I got to 47 I thought, oh, my God, that's so young. It's like it's like like if I have live a short life like my dad, I might not have much time left, so I have to do these things that I've always wanted to do. So I trained for him, did the marathon, which was like this life-changing experience. Like I just I can't describe the emotions of the last one kilometre. I'm going to start. I cry every time I talk about this. <laughs> last, last one kilometre of the marathon. Um, my family weren't even there because – I had calculated my time from my training because I'm really slow, but somehow I'd come in an hour faster than what I'd imagined. And so they weren't even there. So I was coming into the MC, running into the MCG, just going, oh my God, I've waited 30 years for this. And here I am, like coming through. I thought I was sprinting. I'm never sprinting, but sprinting into the MCG. <laughs> and I've done this thing at 47 when I've, and you know, I've, been wanting to do it for 30 years and I've left it for all of that time. Anyway, better late than never. And then I did a couple of half Ironman triathlons and then I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I can do a full Ironman. And, and I, I, have an, I have an osteoarthritic toe joint as well, so I have like these pretty, it's pretty hard to run. So running is, isn't that easy, it's not ideal. Um, I thought maybe I've got one more marathon in this toe joint and I thought how about I just add a 3.8k swim and a 180k cycle. Gosh, <laughs> oh, I know. Ahead of it in the same day. Yeah, yeah I know. It's mental. Uh, it's it's such a mental yeah. sport, isn't it? Like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And so then I try. Uh, long story short, I I started training for that. I hit 
post-menopause and everything kind of fell apart for me and um, I struggled really badly just recovering and just all these other issues with menopause. It's probably not ideal as your body's transitioning through this massive change <laughs> that you add a whole lot of um, endurance training on that you've never done before on top of it. So it was a bit of a recipe for disaster. So anyway, nearly three years later, and then COVID lockdowns as well, nearly three years later, I get to Cairns alone again because we went into a snap lockdown and I had to escape and no one could come with me. And so I did the, end up doing the whole Ironman with no one there to even cheer me on or anything. Um, what is the universe doing to you? It's yeah. like, I'm doing this great stuff. I want to cheer Scott. Um, it's toughening me up. So I did that. I liked, and in doing that was really hard because, you know, I'm there. I'm thinking, like, in, there is some really hard parts. Like, you, you get to, you know, I'm slow. So I'm out there for a long time. So you get to these parts in the Ironman, particularly, I suppose, in the run as well. It's, you know, you, <laughs> I'm a terrible cyclist. Like I used to think, how hard is it to cycle? You just pedal around. I mean, it can't be that hard. Oh, my God, it's so hard. Tanya, I just love this. You're going, okay, I've done this Ironman. I've got a crook toe. I can't run. I'm a terrible cyclist, but I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, I can swim. I can swim. I don't know how, but I actually I, I so appreciate my swimming lessons that I had when I was a kid. I was never an, uh, a competitive swimmer, but. I can swim. I bet like the rest of us, you didn't at the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, That's what I tell my kids all the time. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. One day you'll appreciate um, being able to yeah. help. <laughs> yeah, so I had to really, I, I was someone that before that I was a bit of a giver up or I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I never did things that I thought I could fail at. So even getting to that start line, because I'm quite slow and I'm a bad cyclist, they have cutoffs. So they take you off the course if you don't get through by a certain time. So there was oh, that's mm, harsh. Sti- yeah, still a chance. <laughs> <laughs> still a chance that I might not have got through the cycling leg. Like I didn't know, like everything had to go exactly right. Like if I got a flat, that would have been a disaster because I actually didn't learn how to change. Oh, my God. Thank God you said that. Tanya, I still drive around today having no idea how to change a tyre. My daughter knows, but I have no idea. No, me too. So, yeah, anyway, everything had to go right and the cycling did, But so I got through that. But that was getting to that start line, that was kind of a win for me because I'd never been able to put myself in that position where there was a chance I could fail. So once I got there, I thought, you know, even if I don't win, I don't know if I win, even if I don't get there, don't get through to the finish line, um, I'm, I'm a winner because I'm there stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm 52. I've never, like, I'm I'm an athlete person, but I'm not that kind of athletic person. Like, I don't consider myself, That's you know. Some- Big kahunas, Dale, to stand up there. Good on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so coming across that finish line again, just the most incredible. I was like, I was sprinting. I, I'm sure I was sprinting. I was sprinting the last kilometre. I was like powering and I came through and I was so happy and then I just burst into tears. I was like sobbing like like out of control. It was the most, one of the most, like, I always say it's kind of up there with childbirth. It's like this euphoria, like it's so hard but it's so amazing and your body's just depleted completely and it's just an amazing feeling yeah really good yeah Yeah, for sure yeah that's extraordinary and look that whole word extreme segues beautifully to my question oh brilliant (laughs) the next question (laughs) I love an excellent segue (laughs) so do I Trish so do I um plus because we're talking about you know the Ironman triathlon as an extreme sport the average everyday person it is so 
I have been stalking you on Instagram like the last couple of days and love I your constantly bio. stalk you on Instagram. I'm like, yes. this fit lady? Why can't <laughs> no, I have that? I meant stalking you in more depth, <laughs> Tanya. That's um, just in researching and getting to know you um, in a bit more depth for today. So, you don't I, need to be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> She'll stop. I'm so, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, please don't feel uncomfortable what I just said then. And I love your bio, which explains that you are passionate about empowering postmenopausal women to thrive without dieting or extremes through intelligent lifestyle solutions, <laughs> as I mentioned in the intro. So I want to take a closer look at this. So I want to ask you about extremes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because <laughs> here I'm doing an Ironman and I'm saying I'm not extreme, but yeah, they're my, they're my Occasional extremes. There's there's occasional extremes allowed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what I wanted to ask you. So what exactly do you mean and and how do extremes like interrupt or disrupt us from thriving? Yeah, well, and I've heard you talk to some other guests about this as well, but like, and like I mentioned, I kind of had a bit of an eating, dis- a mild, I suppose, eating disorder when I was a teenager and then disordered eating yep. right through my 20s. Yep. And I just think that hitting menopause is another, and that's another really challenging time because like puberty, our bodies are changing. And you, I kind of thought I had that all that kind of stuff sorted out. Like when I when I get had my daughter, I decided I, I just never wanted to pass those kind of, those kind of messages onto her about, you know, trying to be thin and yes. all that kind of stuff, yeah, those behaviours. So I tried to, I really consciously tried not to let that happen. And I think I was quite successful. But looking back now, right now, I think maybe in the back of my mind it was always still there. Like I was always, I still had some rules and yeah, know, right, okay. restrictions, mild right. restrictions yeah. and rules. That Yeah, and then when I hit postmenopause and mm-hmm. I was training for this Ironman and mm. I was putting on weight like crazy, it was really distressing because I had this vision that I was going to be this lean, mean, sleek. like triathlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was, ended up being probably heavier than I had been since pregnancy, like by the time I actually did it. So, so it's like muscle. Was it muscle? Uh, no, it wasn't muscle. No, I think it was just my body being, you know, when your cortisol levels increase and when you'd over-exercise, it actually helps you to hold on to fat. Plus yeah. I was changing. My body was changing. My, yeah, sure. my, my yep. reproductive hormones have gone. Yep. Uh, my body shape's changing. I'm getting a bit of belly fat. I mean, it's just a kind of, you know, it's not abnormal. Like, yeah. It, but I was, it really, I had to really dig deep and go, do I really want those body image issues and things that affected me f- from puberty and then in my 20s to affect the next part of my life? Mm. And I even get, I even, there were even times when I thought, mm, I can't do this Ironman because I don't look like a, a triathlete. Mm. And that is insane. You know, I was, I'm hardly, huge or anything but I did you know struggle with all that and then I thought you know what I I can't be like this I have to it was it was really good to actually having the triathlon I suppose in this time in in a way because it made me really think about all of this and go okay I have to fuel my body there's no way I can get through the training if I'm not fueling my body I have to Mm -hmm. eat and I don't I just don't want to live like that anymore. So yep. I, just even recently I've made the decision. I, I never weighed myself very often, maybe once every six months, but I've re- made a decision to never weigh myself again. I just think if I'm eating relatively healthy, I'm doing some exercise on a fairly regular basis, mm-hmm. then my body's going to find its own set weight for what it is as a postmenopausal woman. And it is. trying to restrict myself and have rules and mm. Be stupid, basically. It's just not going to serve me. It's not going to make me happy. Tanya, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's very freeing. <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that because, well, I haven't weighed myself um, for 18 years and well, there's a couple of things I just wanted to go back on. So basically in terms of extremes, you are – 
referring more to the eating and stuff like that. And in a sense, I suppose exercise. So I've, okay. you know, I've, I've also, I mean, I, the the Ironman. I think I did the Ironman because it was a it was a goal that I I didn't I didn't exercise that way for my body. I exercised that way because I wanted to achieve that goal. So I suppose when you're exercising purely for aesthetics, yeah, right, okay. Okay. Then maybe that's, being extreme is not helpful. Yeah, so that, that's, that's a critical kind of point. More. Absolutely. Okay, so back on to the to the weighing and stuff. So I grew up with a mum who was a slave to the scales and I vowed never to be the same because in my opinion it affected mum's relationship with food. And not yeah. so much now, like she's she turns 81 in October, but certainly growing up like when we were younger my brothers and I were younger. So, and on top of this, like for us, like we grew up in a generation of supermodels and I think looking at that lot didn't do any of us any good whatsoever. Yeah. And so, totally agree. yeah, so I, I'm a, a strict like non-weigher. I just absolutely flatly refuse. So basically because of what I watched my mum go through as a younger woman and then just my own personal, yeah, I just that my mindset went into that, I'm never doing that, okay? And I'm not interested in what I actually weigh anyway. I don't give two fifties about how much I weigh. So, but what I want to ask you is how many women our age do you see going down that rabbit hole of the weighing and the the checking and the the dieting and the, you know, the, yeah. the, the disordered eating and that sort of thing? I just think menopause is a really huge issue because no one's ever talked about it before and because it's been this taboo subject which I know is changing so that's kind of what I'm all about and what there's this whole community now about is that youth is revered and stuff and women at our ages the the part of like you said part of the problem with women our age is we grew up in that time where it was just skinny was it I know you know I I know that like I wasn't and I've heard you talk neither was I yeah that you were quite an athletic build and I was an athletic person and I, I starved myself to try to look like, and I grew up also with a naturally really skinny mum and sister. Like when my sister's the same height as me, we've probably always been about 10 kilos less, just naturally, never been on a diet, doesn't even, wouldn't even think about it. So I had all these things around me and I, yeah, and I think, and so all of us have grown up, so we've got decades of messages you know, the big bums were never in, in those in those days. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. It, it. Though there's lots of social media issues now for our daughters, mm. I feel like there's a bit more body diversity. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And a bit more acceptance around different bodies, whereas we grew up in this we in didn't, is in. We had no diversity whatsoever. We just had yeah. mainstream no. ma- media magazines saying, you know, yeah. this is what. Yeah. If you're skinny, you're good yeah. enough. And if you're not skinny, yeah. you're not good enough. Yeah. And it's a yeah. really yeah. destructive message. Yeah. And I've spoken to so many people and we're just, there's so many of us struggling because when we do hit menopause, it's kind of like this reverse puberty. Like it's, yep. our bodies are changing yet again. And I would say, you know, there's obviously there's some genetically less people that don't change at all. And, sure. And 100%. their bodies still look the same. Yeah. And, yeah. But I think there's some other women that maybe are really putting a lot of effort into their appearance and then they're kind of revered because, you know, like I think you've heard you talk about it as before about when people lose weight, they go, you look great, you look great. And, yeah. you know, mm. it, it, yeah. we feed it. We, we all feed it to each other. It also yet, gives you that kind of feeling almost- that, okay, so last time I saw you, did you think I was overweight? 
Like, are you checking yeah. me? Every time I yeah. turn up, are you looking at me to mm-hmm. say, okay, she's lost weight, she hasn't lost weight, you've lost weight, you're looking good is the next sentence. So, okay, well, wasn't I looking good last time I saw you? Mm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, absolutely get so it. It's so hard. And I you know, so- we're in a really hard position. <clears throat> and, and I think 95% of women will put a little bit of weight on at menopause yeah. and yeah. we'll get a little bit more belly fat. And is that bad? Like I used to think it was bad, and I think I totally yeah, it's agree. It's actually not bad. It's 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 just a normal. It's like would we ever say to our? I always say this. Would we ever say to our daughters at puberty, "You can't get hips and breasts. That is not normal." Like mm. but yet we say to ourselves, "We can't put on a little bit of weight and a tiny bit of belly yeah. fat." Like mm. that's not. It is normal. It's just a natural yeah. part of um, our changing body and our aging body and. I'm not saying that I don't look after myself because I do, but I don't want to be obsessed with yeah. yep. this unrealistic version of me. And I think finally at 53, yep. I've accepted that I'm <laughs> I've accepted that I'm never going to be a model because I'm <laughs> short and I'm kind of not that skinny. I'm, oh, yeah, you know that's the good thing now, diversity. Yeah. And I'm as short you too. said, social media is allowing that. There's, you know, yeah. there is so many people, brands, recognising mm. that not everyone is tall and yeah. size 8 or 10 or young or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, and I just think at, at menopause I just think we really need to start telling women that it's that it is okay to age and it is okay to maybe get a little bit of belly yeah. fat and that mm. can be attractive as well. It's just different. We, we can yeah. be beautiful whatever we age, oh, whatever age we are. But it's just, it just is a different version of it. Tanya, I, like you and Mel, Grew up in that 80s mm. generation, fad diets, yo-yo dieting, deprivation, calorie deficit mentality, mm. exercise more, Calorie-calorie. eat less, mm. all of that. And I have always worked hard to try and maintain my weight and it's never come <clears throat> easy for me. And I still have those demons. I'm still working through those demons. And now that I'm perimenopausal, and especially this year, I've noticed my boobs are bigger and doing the same things, but yet putting more and more weight on. Like, you know, just yesterday I put on a pair of pants that normally fit me and I normally carry most of my weight in my belly and my boobs and my shoulders. And now these pants were tight around my legs, which has never been an issue. And I kind of, I mentioned before that I, I feel like I'm flailing, but it, and you kind of go, oh, okay, I don't want to go to this event or that event because what am I going to wear? It's too tight. And I'm going to see all these people, you know, like we went to a lunch the other day with these beautiful women who are great friends and great company. And I'm sure they adore my company. But yet that sad part in my brain goes, oh God, I've got to be with them. They're all skinny. You know, even though they're going through menopause, there's probably no one under a size 12. And here I am, the size 16, verging on size 18. Is there any hope? Like, with me going through perimenopause and menopause now, if I've never been able to get my – see, I'm even using that language shit together, but it's not necessarily shit together. But, like, I can go through waves of accepting myself and go, okay, well, it's the confidence that's sexy, it's this that's sexy. But sometimes you just go, what can I do? Is there anything I can do now or is it just too late now? Well, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like – like he, uh, what, I, what I try to look at people is – if you're eating relatively healthy, you're doing some exercise and managing your stress because stress can actually, mm. I mean, yeah. Mel <laughs> mentioned that you're very busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stress can actually help you um, store more body fat and things. But if you're doing those things, 
And, you know, you're much healthier whatever your size than someone that is starving themselves. Yeah, and I have no doubt. Yeah. Like I eat well, <laughs> I'm very strong, I know all of that, you know. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends what you, you know. It's more of a mindset thing, isn't it? And self-perception. It is a mindset. And, and I feel like you're kind of like going, you know, is it too late? But too late for what? Like what does your best version of you look like as a postmenopausal woman, I suppose? Yeah. And I love that question because the best version of me pre-menopause is now different to the best version of me post-menopause. And yeah, yeah. I look more at my body is my body. So, like, I, I want to be able to still go out for dinner and eat yes. some cake and yep. things like that. But I do eat healthily because I like healthy food and I know it makes me feel good. So I think, well, these are my values. I, I value I value my health and I look after my health, but I also don't want to be extreme but I also think about what I want to do with my body. So I want to, um, my daughter and I are going hiking in New Zealand. Oh, great. She finishes year 12 this year. And I want to be able to do that. And I want to be able to, my goal is once my kids finish school, because I've left it quite late, is to start travelling <laughs> more and be able to walk everywhere on foot. And that's what I want yeah. my body to do. So yep. I think less about what my body looks like now. It's kind of a byproduct. I think, my, like I said before, my body will find its right size. And it, it's, it's an acceptance thing. Like I've, I've just bought some new clothes recently. I've maybe gone up probably half the size, to be honest, but my old clothes are just a bit tight. And I kept thinking, will I get back into them? Will I get back into them? And now I think, <laughs> I'm probably not going to. Like I'm probably uh, so I've bought some nice new clothes and I and I look quite good. Like much much better than me squeezing my body into so things that don't fit me. And do you think that it, it would be? Yeah. So in terms of that acceptance, would it be a good idea to write down for yourself what you need your body to do for you at this time yeah, as well? I think like that's you a were saying. Idea. So you've got some goals. For example, your hike. So for all of us, like what do I need my body to do in order to be living the best version of myself? And that, yeah. that helps you as well. It's interesting that yeah. you say about your body finding its natural weight because I do remember talking to my GP and obviously this is going back a long time ago because I was breastfeeding at the time and I just remember she said to me, your body will find it's the correct weight it needs to be once you finish breastfeeding. When that's all done, yeah. it'll. F- so don't worry about what – not that I was worried. We were just having a conversation but she, d- she said it'll find its way back to where it needs to be, back to where it's comfortable and it's supposed to be. So it's interesting. Yeah. So I think because Trish is very, very busy, she has a lot on her plate with her kids, with the farm, with the business, with your mum. So I think that might be something that's good to do. I'm going to do it myself. Right yeah. now, what I need my body to do for me. Yeah, and I think that what Tanya said about the mindset, it's like not necessarily how your body looks, but what it's doing for you what is it, functionally yeah, what and what you want it to do functionally. That was the point I was trying to make. Because let do me it tell well. you, I can still tear down the mountain on the skis. Yeah. <laughs> That's fabulous. See? And, and is that one of your goals to be able to do that yes. as you age? Yes, Trish. exactly. So that's a fabulous goal. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and then it gives you something to work towards. You go, well, you know, I need to fuel my body to do that. I need to eat well. And to be able to keep doing that, I need to eat well. Yeah. I need to mm. stay active so I can do those things. And, I mean, we all want to look our best. I was, I was on this podcast recently with these two, like, young 20-something-year-olds that are running <laughs> podcast, and I asked a question in a group about what was the work, you know, like some of the issues with menopause and stuff, and nearly everyone said the weight gain and stuff. And I said to these girls, you know, I know in your 20s you don't think you'll care what you look like when you're 50, that's so old, but you do. You still yeah. want to look your best. You do. But I think it's just a different best. We have to go, what does my best look like now without being extreme, without 
Yes. Without doing the fad diets and all that. We've done all that. We've done all yeah. of those things. And, and like, do we really want to live this next part of these next 20, 30, yeah. 40 years? like depriving ourselves and, no. and punishing ourselves for eating, like going to having to go to the gym the next day because we ate too much the day before. We don't want to do that. Yeah, absolutely And I think not. we all know too that the deprivation cycle doesn't work. Oh, God. It doesn't work. No. It I'm living work. proof no. of that. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, and I'm it's so hard bad that with it's deprivation. Hard. We have to acknowledge that it's hard because it's not really our fault. We've grown up with these stupid images, stupid mm. ideas like, you know, the low-fat, um, high carb times where we just stuffed our mouths full of carbs and you know like mm. we've we've gone through these terrible yep. ideas about what was healthy and yeah and we've got so, so many as hard you, on ourselves as you said that disordered eating with so many rules around oh, yeah. food which is gathered from all of these different yeah fads trends yo-yo dieting yeah. etc yeah so then you know and i know from a mental point of view that that just plays oh, on messes with all you. the time you know and then you don't eat enough yeah and you need to eat enough to have the fuel and the energy for your brain to make the right decisions about what to eat. And sometimes yeah, it gets yes, so frustrating because you know all yeah. of that, yet yeah. sometimes you just don't make the right choice that is going to. And the thing is we, we, we do know all of that, but we've still got all these terrible messages from, you know, it's not like years, it's decades of messages. Yeah, conditioning. Right. Coming yes. out. Conditioning. And so it's hard. We have to give ourselves a bit of grace. And to, I've, I've really become so much more self-compassionate and kind to myself, I think, as I age because I think, I've been through all of that and I have to still some I have to still keep myself under control with some some of those thought patterns and go okay is that really is that really serving me is that really the way I look at this vision of myself as my ideal postmenopausal self and I go is that really what I would do would I really yeah, with that person, with that version of me, make that choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and being then, a good role model for my daughter as well, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I guess too, when you look at it, um, and I've done a little bit of work on this, is just the values of your life. Totally. Get it. So, Tanya, does that really encapsulate what you mean when you talk about intelligent lifestyle solutions? Yeah, just mm. I, I'm just not into fads. I I don't believe. I mean, if you don't have a medical condition, you can eat all foods. All foods, even less nutritious foods they're all just really fat carbohydrates or proteins yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean like yeah this I just try to get away from all of that rules I just mm. I try to simplify things where we can eat all foods and we need to find ways to move our body that we like I mean there's there's yeah there's things that we can do to optimize our health particularly with bone density and muscle mass loss so it's ideal if we can do some strength training and heavier strength training if our body allows and some plyometrics there's all these ideal things, but the most important thing, I think, because that sometimes paralyzes us and go, oh, if I can't do that, I'm, I, I haven't got time to do that, so I won't do anything. The, the most important thing is to be, to move regularly and find ways that oh. of movement that brings you joy, like your skiing, Trish, yeah. things like that. Like mm. We have to find ways to move that we enjoy and that we like doing and that that gives us, that brings us joy. And then if we can get all of that happening, then we can think about maybe adding a few of the little bits and pieces that will help optimise our, like our bone density is such an important issue and our muscle mass because we do not want to be skinny, frail old people. Like this is, goes back yeah. to whole thing. Yeah. We've, we've spent our lives wanting to be skinny, but really you don't want that. Is not when we're 70, 80 yes. is not to yes. be a skinny, frail old lady in a nursing home That's having so true. a fall. Yeah, you need yeah. some stores and yeah. some muscle mass yes. when you get to that age yes. and some bone density. I'm 
My mum at the moment has Parkinson's and, um, you know, she's lost a lot of weight over the last 12 months. And um, she was always very robust, strong woman. So, you know, if she wasn't that robust, strong woman, and then mm. in this stage, she would be even more frail and, and more immobile. Yeah, she so, would. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right, Trish. Yeah. yeah. It is so, Dale, one new. day these strong <laughs> legs of mine are going to pay off. Trish, you yeah, have got definitely. hot legs. Oh, Dale. Thanks. You do. You I have said got thank such you. good legs. <laughs> And that's something else we're not good at at our age. It's accepting compliments or our generation, oh, I, I should it's say. It's terrible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you say, I, oh, I, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So well done, Trish. Yeah, thanks, Tal. Well done. <laughs> I did, and, I did and go I in a lovely going... legs contest in the uh, 1980s at the local nightclub. I think I didn't I, win. But I might have been I there. I might have been well, there. Well, probably. We, we did spend a lot of time there. We did uh, in pubs. We did spend a lot of time together in pubs. And all I can say, all I want to add on to that is thank God they got rid of wet T-shirt competitions. <laughs> I not that I ever went in one of those. I, know, that, I think that was a little bit before our time. That was a little. That was kind of the generation. No, I've seen us. them. I've been. I, yeah, I, yeah, but I, yeah, but I think it was like at the Malabar Prawn Festival, and we were probably teenagers, <laughs> twelve and thirteen. Yeah, I think we missed that by probably ten years. That think, was more seventies than eighties. Fifty. For I think that. that was more the teenagers of the eighties getting their tits wet. That's oh my god! Can you imagine? <laughs> How did we get there? <laughs> Sorry, that was me. <laughs> I brought that up. Sorry. I've, I've got you know, I, I always think as well, we, we have, have to always go, we look great now because in 10 years' time we'll be going, yes, I really know. <laughs> yes, Tanya, that's so true. I look at photos of yeah. myself and I have no doubt that I have some sort of disordered eating, eating disorder, body dysmorphia because I look back at photos of me over the years when I – know for a fact on that particular occasion I was worried about what people would think of me or, you know, I wasn't happy because I was – and I look back now and I think, oh, my God, Father, I cannot even yeah. believe yep. that those thoughts were entering my mind at that time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's mm-hmm. so true and it's such a good point. It's a really yeah. good point that in 10 years we will look back I and mean, go, really? look who, what we were doing. Look who what we gives were... a 50? Who gives Why a 50? Why does that shit get into my head? Because we're him. Herman. We're Herman. And <laughs> you're getting a talking to after this. <laughs> I know. I can feel one coming. <laughs> you know, I think acknowledging it, acknowledging it all is part of the, you know, yeah. recovery yeah. process. It. I don't yeah. know. That's yep. for me. It's like going, like, to actually accept that maybe when I thought I had everything under control, maybe in the back of my mind I still had a few little, you know, rules and things that going on it was pretty confronting because I thought I was giving my daughter really good role model and maybe just slightly, you know, I had a few issues still going on. So accepting that's been really hard, but I also pretty freeing as well because I, it's allowed me to go, I just don't want to be like that anymore. I have to just get past all of those issues and move on to this great part of my life. Mm. You know, you've just named it. You've just been really vulnerable and said, you know, even when I thought I had it going, I probably did have a few real, yeah. few rules. And I'm exactly the same. Yeah, I was you the know? same. And, and I think Less that now. that's just people going, mm. you know, yeah, we're all here together. We're all fighting those same, you know, yeah. conditioning little demons that get in there. Yeah. 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 And conditioning demons. We know, that's a we really know good, that, we mm, know that logically that they're just not mm. sane. But they still sneak in. They sneak in. They do. Because they have a human. party in my head. There's a whole heap. Yeah. <laughs> we're human, as you say. Human. We're human. We're, oh, we're only human. Oh. Mark and um, help. I've got another. 
You're Should I have said swear. fifty and help? No, stuff it. No, it's our podcast. We can we can drop the. F Sorry, ladies, you're normally listening to us for a bit of an upbeat Monday morning, and here I'm going. Oh, yeah, no, you can't, blah, blah, blah. Okay, enough, enough, Trisha. Okay, so back to stalking you on Instagram. You mentioned intuitive health, which I loved. Tell me a bit more about this. What's intuitive health? Mm-hmm. I just yeah, the same thing. Just go just. Just everything, like I've I've thought so much about this lately, is that just knowing, like because I was training for that Ironman, I had to do, you know, I had this program set and I had to try to follow it. And getting out of that's been quite hard because before that I'd never had, I'd never tracked anything really. And then I got into this thing where I'm tracking everything and I know exactly how much exercise I'm doing. And it's mm. quite, um, it gets quite addictive actually, especially someone like me. Obviously I have that kind of bit of a, I think people, a lot of people with um, disordered eating and eating disorders yeah. and perfectionism has a bit of an addictive nature. Yeah, yeah there's actually, point. Tanya, there's a thing, and we've discussed it before, before. is it orthorexia or something like that, yeah. which is a condition yep. where it, over-healthy. it's <laughs> overhealthy. Yeah. I don't have that. I can, I, look, <laughs> when I'm in the zone, I can get very focused, but that's the thing. That's you do get healthy. very focused. I get too mm. extreme and mm. then. It's the, it's the all or nothing black and white oh, thinking. Yeah. And that's, One or a hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's what's the challenging thing to get over. Anyway, so I'm trying, so I've got rid of, I, I don't track anything now, so I've stopped seeing how fast I run because it's really, it's pretty bloody depressing. So I just mm. think, I, so I just. If I, and I, now every day I go, you know, I mean, I'll try to do. It takes the joy out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does yeah. a bit. Yeah. Mm. So I, when I look back now, I think like and I'll go out into my gym and I'll just do what I feel. I'll go, I don't, oh, I don't really feel like that today. I need to feel like this. And just learning what my body needs in the moment as far as movement goes with intuitive movement, I suppose, is that, yep. that's the way I look at it. Great. That is such and a that good doesn't point. mean, you know, that's also going, well, does it really mean I'm going to sit on the couch all day? Because, you know, I'm, I, you know, mm. I might be a trainer, but I don't. I don't love, always love exercise. Um, yeah, good point. So yeah, so that doesn't mean that I'm going to sit on the couch for weeks on end. No, I mean I might sit on the couch for a whole day. You know, that that's something that I have to let myself because I used to feel guilty for doing things oh, like that. So I'm yeah. trying to learn to um, yeah have less guilt around relaxing. And, yes, you know. Well, we talk about it. that. We talk about being busy. Mm. As a badge of honour. Like if you're not being yeah. busy mm. and you don't have that badge of honour, then what are you doing? Are you lazy? Are you irrelevant yeah. or not? But you just and need to give it, yourself that permission Why is it not okay? Rest. Why is it not okay? Yeah. I know. And, and rest mm. is really important, and, especially as yeah. postmenopausal women. When, we're, when, our, when our reproductive hormones diminish, exercise is great, but too much exercise is actually detrimental. So it's yeah. good to do a bit of exercise and then recover. So recovery and learning to learn, you know what intuitive is? It's learning to listen to your body. And that's something that I feel like a lot of us have lost because we've been going, oh, I have to eat this and I have to, so then I, and I have to exercise yeah. and do this kind of exercise and I have to do this and that. Whereas when we really start going back and listening to our body, like, with sleep and things like that, you yeah. know, we know when we're tired, we try to fight it. We're trying to, we're constantly, I feel like in this society, trying to fight everything. Yeah. We're trying to fight, fight the need for sleep. We're trying to yeah. push ourselves too hard in exercise sometimes and starve ourselves. And we've got all these messages coming around. Whereas when we start really listening to our body, we kind of know what we want to yep. Feed it, and how we want to move it, and how much sleep we need, and yeah, it's no, just trying a, to you know, get back into that kind of thing. We've, we've yeah. really just, you know, we have are born with this amazing machine mm. that's so intuitive. You know, all the stuff that goes along 
in the background to run this amazing body of ours. Yet we don't honour it enough, do we? We we constantly disrupt it. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't Talk back to it. Yeah, we don't nurture it. We don't nourish it. You know, we deprive it. We flog mm-hmm. it. We mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just. So hopefully at this stage of our lives we go, okay, we've done all that, but now. Yeah, it's time for something now different. It's, it's we a can't, great yeah. opportunity. Yeah, it's yes. a great, I think menopause and midlife is a really great opportunity to just look at how we want to live the rest, part, rest of our lives. And you know what? What we do now also sets us up for how we live in the future. So, you know, how we move, how we eat. Uh, the, the way we think will mean the difference of us living this vibrant life in our 70s and 80s and beyond and being one of those people in the nursing home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that what you um, talk about? Sorry, is that what you mean when you say that you believe that postmenopausal women have got the best parts of their lives in front of them? Because I, I do. love I just that. Think it, I love that. And I think we have, but, but we, have to, we also have to be mindful because we have to get rid of those things that have that maybe have that aren't going to serve us going forward. We yeah. have to really. It's a really big opportunity to go. Okay, this is this massive change in my life. Mm-hmm. We've got a whole kind of our body works slightly differently now because of our hormones changing. Our mind works differently. I mean, I think a postmenopausal like have this lovely stability of moods and things. There's none of that up and down, and I'm not yeah. affected by periods and things like that. So I have this lovely stability. So I know exactly. I mean, obviously, when my kids drive me crazy, I'm. <laughs> I have this lovely stability throughout the mu- each month now and I don't have that so I know what I'm dealing with all the time. Yep. And we just, yeah, it's just this great opportunity to go, okay, the last however long I might not have been treating myself that well but now in order to live really well in the future I have to start looking after myself and if I do that I, I can live this amazing, amazing life because there are women out there. There's women in there. 80s and 90s still living vibrantly and then there's other ones that are either dead or in nursing homes and I want to be one of those ones out there living. Absolutely. So, Tanya, did you find that whole journey through Perry, did you find once you got to the postmenopausal, everything settled down a bit? I know from, I've heard from different women, like from a training point of view, like talking about the marathon, a, a lady I used to train with, she was always a marathon runner, but then when she got into the perimenopausal stage of her life, the running that she was doing, she couldn't do any longer. She was getting injuries and all of that, and she was an incredible athlete and incredible runner. But then, so I think with the perimenopause, your ligaments and everything loosen and, and whatnot. So when all that settles, it's a good, you know, a good time to go, okay, well, you have to keep fit during all of it, but you were saying you feel better after it. Yeah. So. I think that is part that of the makes problem. Sense. In peri- <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. I know what you're saying. In perimenopause, I think that is part of the problem with a lot of people is that, first of all, menopause has um, traditionally meant that we're getting old. No one wants to get old. old. So we kind of fight it. We go, Which is I'm not crazy because I'm going I'm yeah. to push harder. I'm going to train harder. I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm not going to let that happen to me. This is, yeah. I'm, I'm young. That is not happening to me. So that is one problem where I think a lot of women end up getting a lot of injuries and things because our ligaments and things do change and lots of there's so much going on in our body in perimenopause because there's this huge hormonal shift and if we don't kind of allow ourselves that chance for that to actually change you know that that process to happen and we're fighting it then I think we go and that that was part of my problem I'm going that's I'm not 
I'm not going through menopause. I'm fit and healthy. I, I won't even get have any symptoms. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the real world, Tanya. Yeah. Um, and I really think that is a bit of a problem because we because we consider it old, and then we go, no, nah, not happening to me. So I'm push back, push that. back, push back. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we're just we're not letting this natural process take place. And it is it is a natural process. It's we, we're designed for it to happen, and. If we allow ourselves that time to adjust and listen to our bodies throughout that process, I think just it's just so much a better experience. And then, yes, and then talking about afterwards. So it probably I feel like it took me about 18 months after my last period for my body to properly adjust. And then I started feeling really good again, like just everything changed. And God, you know, I love hearing the, that. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I, I, I feel healthier and happier than I've ever felt in my life now as a postmenopausal woman. And I think there is light at the end of the tunnel. Things still have changed and yeah, I still do yeah. have different issues now. Yes. But it's, it's, whether it's menopause or it's ageing or it's a combination it's of both. Yeah. Oh, and over, you know, like my toe joint, an overuse injury where I wore heels for 20 years, stupid idea. Um, <laughs> but you would have looked good. <laughs> I mean, not, see, that sounds shit. What even that? Know, no, you know, know. I mean, it was all about that aesthetic. I, I don't know, mean insane. you don't look good um, if you don't wear heels. Yeah, the sneaker, See? the sneaker trend that was language not in, like, that just is conditioned yeah. into us, and we don't even mean it when we say it. Like, we don't. We don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, do um, we not look good now because we don't wear heels? No, bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, we have to Bull- change. That we bullshit. have to change so many narratives. <laughs> yes, and this do. is the great. This is the great thing I think about our generation is that finally we're talking about this because. Like I hit postmenopause and had or and menopause and had all my issues, and I'm looking around at people. I think I've heard someone else talk about this on one of your podcasts. I'm at a table with women who were obviously further along than me, and no one's ever spoken about it. Yeah, going, yeah. Are you? Have you gone through? You know, have you transitioned through menopause? And yeah, it's terrible. I go, why? How come I don't know about it? Yeah. Like, why, why? We've got to change this narrative and start talking about this natural part of life. Everyone, like. I know for a fact that people share birth stories, but yes. yeah, not everyone. Not everyone's going to have a baby, but we all going to go <laughs> through menopause. Funny. Why can't we start sharing our menopause stories? Tanya, it's <laughs> funny you say that because when I had my baby and I was breastfeeding, a good friend of mine that hadn't had children yet said, "What? What's it like to you know breastfeed?" I said, "It's really hard. It's really painful, and it's quite difficult." And she went, "Oh." And then she had her baby and she goes, oh, my gosh. She said, I thought you were lying. I thought you were a whinger. I thought you just weren't very (laughs) tough. But now I realise that you are the only one who is telling the truth. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Let's just be honest with your Let's just bring these things out. It helps other people. When when you realise that... That that perimenopause is this roller coaster. When you start accepting that, I feel like knowing knowing that it happens to most people, not everyone, but most people, you you go, okay, that's normal. I'm not going insane because that's what you feel like in the middle of it. You think, I'm going crazy. What is happening to my body and my mind? And will this ever change? And then hearing when, like, for example, my, my, my position where I'm feeling like I feel so great now and my body has does seem to have adjusted and I, and I've also adjusted my yes. expectations a bit yes. and my thoughts so important. My, yeah, a lot mm. of things as well. I've changed a lot of, of my ideas as well. But, yeah, I just think it can be this fabulous time. And although it can be challenging, I always say it's it's kind of the one of the worst things that's ever happened to me but one of the most very best because I have become 
this person that I've kind of always wanted to be. I'm going to get emotional talking about this. That I've always it. wanted to be, but I've never had the courage to, to yeah. show the world. It, and I mean, menopause has given me that gift and, and it's allowed me to do insane things like do the Ironman that I never thought I would do yes. because I'm scared mm. of failing. And yeah. It's an extraordinary point that you've just made. Actually, and it, and it's something that we haven't really talked about because we haven't talked a lot about postmenopause and about where people are at, and people like you, Tanya, who are thriving with where you're at. But you've also had to make those adjustments: your mindset, eating, your exercise, your expectations, all these sorts of things. And that's allowing you now this beautiful sense of freedom and just content, feeling really content with where you're at, and you feel like you're thriving, which is awesome to and hear. To- Continue to have the conversations, you know, mm. Tanya, today you've been so honest and so vulnerable and shared mm. so much, but Melinda and I have had the menopause conversation with so many different guests now, but even talking to you today, every time that we talk to women about it, you will pick up something, yeah, you'll, you'll learn pick something up else. another bit of advice and, mm. you know, you've very, you've, <laughs> you've very, you've helped me today. You know, some of those things, just those little mindset things. And I just needed to hear that today. So yeah. maybe somebody else will need to hear that today. So thank you very much for being so generous and honest. Yeah. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. I think, I think that's part of it. It's just sharing our stories really does. It helps everyone. You yeah. know, we're all, we're kind of just all, we're all these, this, this group of women who have like we've discussed, have been fed all these insane ideas about what beauty is and what what we should look like and what we should be doing. And this is our opportunity to change the narrative and just allow everyone to be themselves and to yeah, yeah and so just, and true. and to not not brush those things under the carpet like menopause, which is like. You know, it's like you. I know you say this. It's a privilege to reach menopause. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, Tanya, mm. that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's being kind to yourself and loving yourself, and just recognizing that we're all just doing the best we can. Yeah. And mm. not judging other people. No. Yeah. And and not think that other people are judging you when they're probably not. No, it's the no. old expression, don't worry yeah. about what people are thinking about you because they're, they're probably not, not. They're not thinking yeah. about you. So true. Yeah. So Tanya, unfortunately we are starting to run out of time and therefore it is time for I our I famous talking to wrap up question. Yeah, I just I don't want to talk about postmenopause. Let's keep talking. <laughs> but we can't. So I want to know, or we want to know, what advice would the fifties Tanya give the twenties Tanya if you had the chance? I've think about this a lot. I would just say hate risks and just don't play small. <laughs> Something so true. That, like those things plagued me for so many years and finally, which I'm so happy it's better late than never, but finally, and menopause and ageing has given me this gift that I now do take risks and I am not playing small. I'm I'm sharing my ideas and my knowledge and, like we said, our wisdom with the world and I'm super happy. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, so do I. That's You've a, made that's... me super happy now. I know. We've, I think the three of us have got teary a couple of times during this last <laughs> hour. Every time you've said, Tanya, it's oh, to be this I'm... bright thing and I start getting emotional all the time. You're saying I'm getting emotional and I was sitting <laughs> yeah, here going, like know, swallowing. We shouldn't swallow them. We should just let them flow. Let them flow, ladies. Sometimes they just need to flow. <laughs> I just needed to shut up so I could let uh, Tanya speak. So that's it from us today. If you would like to know more about the very 
very awesome Tanya Dalton. We've put links in our show notes. And don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 or email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. Keep those reviews coming, 50-ishers. And remember, life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome, regardless of age and living and ageing and thriving is an absolute privilege. Remember, we're all just doing our 15 best. Between ages. <laughs> 12 and 13. Yeah, I think we missed that by probably 10 years. <laughs> <laughs>